to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's good, Fantasy World? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Hey, you hear that? Something's missing, isn't it? Yeah, my guys uh, Jalen and Mark are all for the next couple episodes. The NFL season is sneaking up on us. So we're getting ready to go get ready to start the regular season. My guys are going to get ready. And in the meantime, you guys are stuck with me. If you don't know who me is, I am William Spencer, your host, the regular. Well, I shouldn't say regular. That's not fair to the other two guys. They're always on. But you're going to be stuck with me for the next couple episodes. Um, what I wanted to go through this episode is some of the players that I have for comebacks. Uh, I kind of have like a comeback player candidate section. I kind of do for the uh, website. So what I wanted to get into was uh, I did comeback players for each position. Guys who I think that will bounce back from, you know, the previous year woes, whatever issues they may have had, injuries, bad play bad finishes, whatever the case may be. But I have these guys selected in each position from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And these are the guys that I think they're go- that are going to bounce back this season. So we're going to get into that a little later in the podcast. But you know what time it is right now. Make sure to follow us on all your social media. Make sure to follow the podcast across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at, the fan- at Fantasy's Finest. You can also follow the host. You can follow me at hype. I always uh, mess my joint up because I keep changing it. <laughs> but you can follow me at hype underscore finest. You can follow Jalen at ace underscore ECA. And of course, you can follow Mark at McNux on Twitter. So without further delay, we got the intros out of the way. We got to get into the news. So let's find out what's going on around the NFL and our news. <laughs> News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, so some good news out of Washington. Alex Smith has been cleared for 11 on 11 drills. That's good news for him. Um, Bouncing back from that leg surgery. uh, He will be trying to get, I guess, you know, just make sure that he's stable now. I don't see him kind of competing now. It's only a couple days. It's only like 10 days left until the regular season starts. So I would assume that Dwayne Haskins has the starting job, at least on lock for now. Uh, maybe they give Alex Smith a last minute chance to, to uh, bid for the job, but I kind of, it's kind of hard to see with everything winding down and it's getting so close to the regular season start. In other news, Carson Wentz and Jalen Rager went down with injuries over the weekend. Carson Wentz's injury has been described as a soft tissue injury. Uh, he didn't finish practice on Sunday and, uh, they're keeping him out of practice to make sure that he's okay. Make sure he's ready for the regular season. They're just being cautious. Jalen Rager, on the other hand, according to Jeff Mosher, uh, the reporter for inside the birds, he stated that Jalen Rager will miss the next four weeks with a slightly torn labrum. Uh, he had a slightly torn shoulder, uh, trying to make a tackle on an interception from Jalen Hurts. 
he doesn't need surgery, but because he'll miss the next four weeks of uh, he'll miss the next four weeks, uh, he'll miss the first two weeks of the regular season uh, to start at a minimum. So hopefully he doesn't fall out that long. Um, I probably wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. It's only two weeks uh, for now. But uh, if you have to make a pivot because you were hoping that Jalen Rager was going to start the season and uh, you drafted uh, a little light at wide receiver, you know, you can always hit the waiver wire and see who's available. Um, You can also try and see if uh, anyone wants to make a trade for Jalen Rager, too. That might be able to help you out. Uh, But if you can hold him, I would suggest holding on to him um, and see what happens. If he's out any longer than that, then you could probably drop him. But for now, I think it's just too soon to drop him. We know that he's going to have a bigger role in the offense because Alshon Jeffries is probably going to end up on the pup list to start the season. I mean, he hasn't come off. He hasn't come off the pup list uh, during training camp so far. And with it being so close to uh, the regular season, it's not likely that he'll come off in time. Um, even if he does, he may not have a uh, a big role in the beginning of the season. So Jalen Rager could make up for lost time after the first two weeks. So I, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, but we'll see what happens in that. Now on to Tampa Bay, there's some surprising news out of Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Times reports that Bucks wide receiver Scotty Miller has earned an endorsement from the great Tom Brady. Um, he said that the slot wide receiver has earned a role in offense. He's been quoted as saying, He's another consistent, trustworthy player. Whatever we talk about, he takes it to the next practice and his play shows his play is showing everybody that he's earned a big role. Now, while this might not seem like it's big news because it's a relatively I'm going to say a relatively unknown wide receiver, his uh buzz in camp has been building the last couple of days. I would say the last, you know, 2 weeks because I've been trying to keep up with what's been going on in the Bucks camp. And we all know that Tom Brady likes trustworthy pieces, which is why he got Gronk to come out of re- retirement um, and join him in, in uh, Tampa Bay. I think Scotty Miller is trending to the point where Tom Brady is, he trusts Scotty Miller when he's on the field. And, um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, were hype on the fact that Chris Godwin was going to benefit from that slot role because he comes out of there. He can play in the slot and he can play outside. But if Scotty Miller is a piece that uh, Brady really trusts, it could turn into a a good pool for, it could turn into a good pool for fantasy um, because we know how Tom Brady likes to use the slot wide receivers. So it, it, it pays to pay attention to the news nuggets like this because especially in PPR formats, Scotty Miller could turn into a weapon that could be beneficial for fantasy. Um, And because the news is coming out now, if you are in deeper leagues, 14 team leagues, or you have a deep bench because of, you know, your preparations for COVID and everything, you could put him on your bench and stash him and be ahead of the eight ball. Because this is a player that we could be talking about a couple weeks into the season that is, you know, making noise uh, because Tom Brady is targeting him so much. So, you know, do what you want with the information. For me, if I have a deep enough bench, depending on what leagues I'm in, I'm probably going to stash him. 
just, just to be safe. And then, you know, if it doesn't pan out, you know, back to the waiver wire you go. But pay attention to some of the news that's going to come out the closer you get to the regular season because players, you know, they're going to start setting their depth charts. Players are going to start making a lot more noise as they get closer to the regular season. And I think Scotty Miller might be one of those pieces. Uh, going to the Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup suffered a low ankle injury uh, during practice over the weekend. Uh, it's not as it's not bad. Uh, one of the notes coming out of camp was that if there was a game uh, this week, Cooper Cup would be starting. So it's probably just a another precautionary uh, issue. They're going to take him out of. They're going to you know lower his reps in camp and just make sure that he's straight for the regular season. Now the biggest nugget of news is the Jacksonville Jaguars releasing Leonard Fournette. Now, the only thing that bugs me about this is that they waited until the last maybe 10 days, right about now, 10 days before the season starts to get rid of him. You knew that you weren't going to keep this guy. You had issues with him before you tried to trade him or so, so says the head coach, Doug Marone, you know, he's reported as saying that, you know, we couldn't get anything for Leonard Fournette. Uh, We couldn't get a fourth or fifth or sixth round pick. Well, when you badmouth a player or you report or leak information about a player and he's he's so bad and he's uh he's lazy during practice and this and that and this and that, what makes you think that people are going to send picks for him? They know you're going to cut him. And that's what I will wait for if I'm a GM in the NFL. I'm going to wait for you to cut him and then I can claim him off waivers. I, I don't know what the Jags, the Jags is just a mess right now. And um, it kind of, it kind of sucks for Leonard Fournette because now he's got to deal with, you know, floating around in the waivers until he gets picked up. And we don't know where he's going to land. So we can't say whether or not his fantasy value is going to go up or down depending on where he lands. So we'll just have to wait and see. So we all ride in this boat. Uh, Raquel Armstead, though, is getting a boost in fantasy value because he seems like the guy next in line to come up and take a major role in a Jags offense whatever that may look like. So if you have, if you're a Leonard Fournette owner, you might want to go try and look on the waivers and see if you grabbed uh, Armstead, see if you can grab him off waivers before somebody else does. He might not be a big name and he might not, uh, you know, at, at first hold a lot of value because it's the Jags offense, but he's still going to command a, a large share of the Russian attack. Um, and he can catch out of the backfield too. So he might be worth holding on to. So, but it'd be better to grab him and hold him, grab him and hold him. <laughs> I'm sorry. It'd be better to grab him and keep him on your bench as opposed to letting somebody else get him. But that'll wrap it up for our news. Now let's get into the segment. Let's get into the main portion of our episode. Rather, uh, our comeback, my comeback player candidates for the 2020 season the quarterback edition. Don't call it a comeback. Now I'm going to jump right into this. Uh, I have five guys that I really think that have the potential to come back and uh, be really good players this year. Um, the first guy I'm going to mention is Baker Mayfield. Now I think right off the top, I think Baker Mayfield has a tremendous talent, but he hasn't had the coaching behind him to back him up. 
Now, with Kevin Stefanski coming in and taking the head coaching position, I think he has a better chance to have a better year this year. Um, Freddie Kitchens' offense was just, you know, when all else fails, throw it to Odell. And it didn't really work. Odell was injured. They didn't run the ball like they should have, which doesn't make sense either because you know your offensive line is bad. And it would help you to at least take pressure off of Baker by trying to run the ball more. And you can't say, you can't really say, oh, well, they can't get the run to work because Nick Chubb was one of the best running backs in the league last year um, in terms of fantasy. And uh, actually, reality, too, he was one of the top, he had to be at least, I want to say he had to be at least top 10 in rushing last year. Um, I don't have that number in front of me, but I'll, I'll fact check that, too. Um, but you have one of the better running backs in the league and you don't run the ball at all to help your quarterback out. That doesn't make sense. And then you have um, a hurt Odell Beckham who's playing through a sports hernia and you're still forcing Baker to throw the ball um, to to Odell Beckham 133 times. Come on, man. That's that's not cool. Um, you know, Baker Baker has a tremendous he's a gunslinger. He has that mentality. And I think having Stefanski coming in and kind of taper that back a little bit to make him more efficient will help him out. You know, last year, Minnesota had one of the best offenses in the league. I think they were they were top eight last season. Imagine having that kind of offense in from Minnesota in Cleveland now as efficient as uh, Kirk Cousins was last season. he, He didn't look too bad. I think that will pan out better. That's a more. That's a that's a ceiling for Baker Mayfield. They kind of scale back the deep shots, you know, make more efficient looking passes, hit your wide receivers and, you know, try not to make things overly complicated. I think that's what Stefanski brings to the offense or what he could bring to the offense this year. Um, Some numbers on Baker last year, um, his deep ball attempts, he took 74 deep ball attempts that ranked seventh in the league last year. Um, he had a deep ball completion rate of 30, 39.2%. That was 11th, uh, ranked 11th last year. So his, his numbers weren't too bad. It's just that he had to be, he just had to be, he had to be a little bit more, I want to say accurate, uh, or maybe taking better shots downfield, you know, picking and choosing when he's taking those shots, as opposed to just, you know, kind of launching it all, or that's what it seemed like. Because the uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, passed the ball a lot more than they did last uh, than they did running the ball. About fifty eight percent of the time they were passing, you know, and you passing behind that O line, that don't really help Baker out. But I think they've made adjustments in the off season to help out the O line. Um, the run game is probably going to be featured because that seems to be one of the staples from Stefanski's offense from last year. You see how he ran the ball with uh, Dalvin Cook. So that bodes well for Nick Chubb. And if they run the ball enough, Kareem Hunt can have his own standalone value, which is good. So I think Baker Mayfield has the potential to bounce back this season. Um, He threw, what, 22 touchdowns and 21 interceptions last year or 23 touchdowns, something around there. Um, I think the touch, the uh, interceptions will go down. Um, Baker's red zone completions will probably go up. He was at 41 percent last year. Uh, which wasn't good. I believe it ranked 50th among quarterbacks last season. That's horrible. 
I think that goes up because you have a healthy Odell who's a dominant red zone threat. You bring in Austin Hooper. You still have David and Joku. So you have some big targets in the red zone. Um, you can also throw to Chubb or Kareem Hunt out of the backfield uh, in uh, shorter distances too. So he has a lot more options this year, a lot more healthier options this year. And I think that'll bode well for Baker Mayfield too. Uh, moving on, my guy Drew Brees. Um, I like him. Uh, I think that he would have had one of the best years of his career last year had he not been hurt during the Rams game. But I think if you take you take a karate chop to, from Aaron Donald in the hand, if your hand doesn't explode, it's going to end up like Drew Brees did. So, I mean, that's that's saying something. That dude is unbelievably strong if he can just chop you in the hand and mess your whole hand up. But Drew Brees, Drew Brees only played 11 games last season um, because of the hand injury. He still managed to throw for almost 3,000 yards, though, 27 touchdowns. That's pretty good, even despite his age. And uh, he gets a lot of slack. He gets a lot of flack for, you know, kind of fading out in the, at the end of the season. Um, I actually can attest to that. I think about what I had him. I had him in one league uh, two years ago. And he was like, he was on fire. And then like the last three games, like heading into the playoffs, he kind of petered out. And I'm like, oh man, what's, where'd Drew Brees go? But, but I think he still has enough juice in the tank to, to get you through a season. Um, last year wasn't as bad um, towards the end of the season. And I, I think that with the additions of Emmanuel Sanders, you still have Jared Cook. And of course you got Michael Thomas. You also have a healthy Alvin Kamara too, so I think that that bodes well for a bigger bigger year, um, a bigger bounce back year for Drew Brees. He doesn't get injured often, so I kind of chalk up last season to like a freak injury. Um, so I, if you can take Drew Brees, uh, if you can pick him up rather, he would be a good addition to your team to help you out. Um, his ADP puts him at about the back of the seventh round, so. You're not paying a big price to get him. You know, a lot of the fancier names or a lot of the running back running quarterbacks are going in earlier rounds like, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. All those rushing quarterbacks are going earlier. So they're pushing the old vets back a bit. So if you're in a, into uh, waiting for quarterbacks, waiting at the towards the end of the, the middle rounds or the late rounds to grab a quarterback, Drew Bees might be the one of guy be the guy that you want to target around those rounds. Um, interesting fact that if he had played those other five games at the pace he was going, he would have thrown for almost 4,000 yards and 39 touchdowns at the pace he was going. That's crazy. But Drew Brees is in one of those systems where he has to throw a lot because everyone in the NFC South, well, maybe saying the, you know, Carolina Panthers, they all have high powered offenses. You got Brady down in Tampa Bay. They're going to be tuning things up. You, you know, you know, Matt Ryan is going to throw the ball a lot. So, you know, they kind of keep pace with each other. So Drew Brees is still in one of those offenses that's, that's uh high powered passing wise. So you can't really lose as in terms of volume coming out of that system. Another guy I wanted to highlight was Matthew Stafford. Him and Breeze were in a similar boat last year uh, because of injuries. Matthew Stafford was on pace to throw for almost 5,000 yards 
and 38 touchdowns. Believe me, I didn't believe in myself until I did the calculations. Um, and that back injury just messed him all up. Um, he was on, he was, uh, in the first half of the season, he was a, about a QB. I want to say he was in the top 10, but he was on fire. He was throwing everything to Ken, uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Marvin Jones was getting into action too. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was a waiver wire darling for about one week. You know, after that first game, you know, they bring in uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. They still got carry on Johnson. He's got some weapons there and they don't seem to favor running a ball that much. You know, they were rather, it seems like they were rather rely on uh, Matthew Stafford's arm uh, to get them out of games. So the passing volume is going to be there too. And the fact that he's going to be later in his drafts, he's a, he's an easier target to pick up. Um, especially around the 10th round. I kind of like, like I've said before, um, I kind of like doing that waiting for quarterbacks towards the end of the draft or in the middle of the draft, because I, I want to build up my team. I want to get my running backs, my wide receivers, and maybe pick a higher end tight end um, in the earlier rounds or at least uh, draft running back heavy. So that way I'm always secure in uh, in that position because you know how light running backs, uh, the running back position is in fantasy. So I don't, I rather wait on a quarterback and between breeze, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan and some of those other guys, those are the kind of targets that I'm looking for in the later rounds. But Matthew Stafford is going to be throwing the ball a ton. So you can't, as long as his back holds up, um, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a good, he's a good late, late round ad. Now this next one, he was, this one has a lot of people leery about picking him up. And that's Ben Roethlisberger. His ADP puts him at the 11th. Um, the back of the 11th round, you're not going to get, you're not going to be targeting Ben Roethlisberger as your QB one, or you shouldn't, you know, he's, he's going to be in your, he's going to be your QB two in most redraft leagues. Um, there's no reason to wait that long to get a quarterback. Um, that's what I would advise against. When you start seeing guys like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. That's that's when you've waited too long, you know. And I have those two guys as my uh, sleepers for this year. But in terms of strategy, you always want to have a strong lead first, and then you hope that your sleeper pops. So, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is very risky, you know, because of his age. Of course, I think that he's going to be fine because all of the reports coming out of camp right now, you know, they've been saying that he's been you know, practicing, he's been throwing well, he hasn't had any issues and no relapses, you know, no complaining of pain or, you know, from the um, elbow injury. Um, he's been throwing on a regular basis. He was taking, um, he was taking a day off during training camp, you know, just to make sure that there wasn't any issues, no fatigue or soreness, but the athletics, Mark Colobi, reported that Benz has scrapped his regular throwing schedule because there's no pain in the elbow. So you can only go off of, you can only go off of what the reports are. And right now the reports are coming out, you know, that Ben is fine. So if, as long as Ben is fine and he's throwing the ball and he's not having any issues, the Steelers are one of the best passing attacks in the league. Um, you saw it as much when, 
before the 2019 season. I think believe the last three seasons, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had, you know, a top five passing attack. Now you could say, you know, well, Antonio Brown was there. Well, they're still going to be throwing the ball a lot. They got some promising guys coming up. Deontay Johnson, um, James Washington, uh, Chase Claypool has been making a lot of noise. He's one of my favorite uh, sleepers right now. Um, you don't have to, you can take a dart throw on him at the later rounds too. Uh, and of course you got Juju Smith Schuster, who's going to command attention. But you, when you look at how much they throw the ball and then you have, uh, you know, hopefully James Conner stays healthy. You have Benny Snell, uh, the young boy, Anthony McFarlane. Um, he's a speedster out of the backfield. You have a lot of pass, pass catching options. And, oh, my bad. And you've got Eric Ebron too. So you have a lot of options in that offense, and that's what helps with the passing game. You know, having somewhere to throw the ball to um, almost at all times. So Big Ben, it's just a matter of him staying healthy, which I think he will. Um, again, like the elbow injury was kind of a freak injury for for me. You know, he wasn't, you know, concussed or he didn't break his leg or anything like that. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those one-off things where it probably won't happen again. You hope it doesn't happen again. But, you know, the Steelers' offense moves with Big Ben. So as long as he's upright, you know, that's that's a later-round pick for your QB, too. And that's a that's kind of guy where you play the matchups with. You know, if he's playing, you know, Cincinnati one week, you might want to put him on and – uh let him torch the Cincinnati Bengals or something like that. You know, that's, that's the kind of guy your QB two is going to be for your waivers. You not for your waivers for your bye week and, and things like that. Now, finally, I think this name might shock a few people. Derek Carr. Now, when you think of Derek Carr, you're probably not thinking of, Oh, well, you're really going to have him as a comeback player. He kind of, he kind of sucks. He was average. He he finished the QB 16 last year. But I think when you look at Derek Carr's numbers, at first, you know, when you get past the touchdown, you like, okay, well, you he was kind of meh. You know, he only threw 21 touchdowns last season. But he takes care of the ball. He almost threw four. He threw just over 4,000 yards last season. That ranked eighth among quarterbacks. He had a 106 passer rating last season that was seventh among quarterbacks he had a 78.6 completion percentage that was second among quarterbacks and it's like all right when you're looking at these numbers it's like okay well why did it why was Derek Carr so mad last year it's because he wasn't I think it attributes to he wasn't throwing enough touchdowns um and it didn't help his it didn't help his other numbers He, he just he could do more it seems like he can just do more, um, especially when you get you get in the red zone. He just, you know, it it didn't seem like there when you look at um, the red zone completion percentages, he doesn't seem far off. He ranked tenth with a fifty nine point two, but it just it just didn't seem like there was enough um, to get him over the hump to make him a top fifteen quarterback last season. If he starts to use his weapons a little bit better, um, especially guys like Darren Waller um, in the red zone, you have the rookies coming in. You got Henry Ruggs and you got uh, Brian Edwards. 
who they've been raving about in camp. Um, Josh Jacobs, which is another running back who I think uh, should benefit from the passing game if they allow him to do so. You can't. That's one thing that confuses me about the Raiders. They want Josh Jacobs to be more involved in the passing game, but then they keep bringing in all these other running backs. It's like, why? Now, as far as Derek Carr is concerned, you know, whoever they throw out there who's going to catch passes out of the backfield, that's great for Carr. Um, But it confuses Josh Jacobs' value. You know, you want to lean on the fact that he's the better back out of everybody there, but Gruden... Gruden's a head scratcher to me sometimes. He just he just does things that that don't always make sense. He says one thing and then he does something else. Like you say that Josh Jacobs should get more work in the in the backfield, out of the backfield. Then you bring in Devonta Devontae Booker. Uh you sign Theo Riddick. It's like, all right, well, what the crap? So I mean that's just me. But as far as Derek Carr's concerned, um he had he had some of the better numbers last year. You just need more from him, you know, scoring wise. If he can bring those numbers up and keep his pace with the way he passes the ball, uh, be a little more accurate on his deep, deep targets. Uh, Derek Carr is a guy who could surprise you and he's going cheap. He's not even being drafted in fantasy. So when you have a guy like that, when you're looking for an option, he's another guy like Ben Roethlisberger. You're looking for an option. Uh during your bye weeks, during matchups, if you're in the t- if you're the types of stream quarterbacks, if they have some good matchups, Derek Carr would be a. I would take a Derek Carr over guys like Sam Darnold, um, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, just because you know you're gonna, you know you're going to pass the you know Derek Carr is going to pass the ball. It's just a matter of which Derek Carr you're going to get. So, you know, these are some of the guys I think that. They have a real opportunity to bounce back. Um, if I had to pick my favorite out of all of them, um, the more consistent option will probably be Drew Brees. But my favorite out of the bunch is uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm really, I really want to see what Stefanski does with him. And if it's anything like it was in Minnesota, uh, you could see a brand new Baker Mayfield this year. I really believe that. He's finally got a coach that's got – a good scheme has been proven. So it's just a matter of whether or not Baker can get it down in time uh, for the season. And uh, Baker's going in, a, he's going in the double digit rounds too, I believe he's going around. Baker is going around the 12th. So he's a low risk player for you. You put him on your bench and stash him. And if he lights it up, then you have a, you have a gem. Now you can play the matchups with whoever you're, QB one is, or if your QB one's not doing good for a couple of games, you take him out. You can put Baker in. It all depends on how you want to play it. But um, Baker Mayfield is the guy I'm really looking forward to. Uh, if I had to pick a guy who needs to come back, it'd be Ben Roethlisberger because, like I mentioned before, Ben being there brings up everybody. Um, he he lifts all the skill players up um, in that offense. You saw what happened last year when Ben went down. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges were not doing it for the offense. James Conner ended up getting hurt. Juju ended up getting hurt. Deontay Johnson showed some flashes. But the overall offense was horrible. Ben moves the ball. 
He's a better passer than any of those two guys. So Ben coming back is a relief for if you were drafting or you were averse to drafting um, drafting uh, Steelers players. So, But that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys for listening and checking in. As always, be sure to check out the website, fantasyfinance.com. Also, remember to subscribe and leave us some reviews at Apple Podcasts. And we'll get into our next episode this Thursday. Be sure to come back. Check us out. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.